0: Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we welcome co-founder of Driftless Quality Wear, Jake Dale. (music) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street where we give voice to the everyday person. This is the co-host, the voice Nick Light, and with me uh, Cole and Jeremy. And uh, guys, I could probably predict your mood right now, but I'll uh, I'll leave it up to you guys. How's it going,
1: Nick? Uh, I'm absolutely ecstatic. We uh, we had our former teammate, former I mean former just he's a great dude, and he's one of our our good friends from college. Jake Dale came on the on the pod today. We had. Former, or we had Clayton way down the road. Clayton's his business partner at Driftless Quality Aware. And it was really cool to, you know, bring Jake on as well, because I think initially when we, we discussed with Clayton, we wanted to have Clayton and Jake come on at the same time. And it, it just wasn't able to, we weren't able to make it work out in the time frame that we kind of needed to put out an episode. So we finally got Jake Dale back on the pod and it was awesome. Like the dude's just a great guy. And I, I, I mean, I loved just talking and, and talking shop with Jake.
2: So it's very cool to think back that back in June of twenty twenty is when we had Clayton Leib, uh, you know, part one of the Driftless Quality Wear team on our podcast. And it's so cool now to to be able to look back on that time and see how far we've come, and then also have Jake Dale on part two of Driftless Quality Wear and hear how far they've come and and um uh, simply gain another perspective on Driftless Quality Wear and gain a different perspective on building a business and and building it from the ground up manifesting it understanding what it takes to to build from from the ground up and and really start from uh almost a joke jake makes it seem like it's kind of just a, a random thought thrown out there on a leisurely afternoon that i don't want to give away too many details on the story about before you guys listen to it uh but it is cool man and yeah jake's a jake's a super laid-back guy he's a he's he's a great conversation uh, to have and and he brings up some really really cool talking points as far as uh driftless specifically but also you know Nick does a really good job and and Jeremy and myself do a really good job of also honing in on just like the the business owner point of view and the aspect of of what does it take and what does it mean to you and what does it all encompass and and hitting on those different aspects so that Yes, we're getting a lot of Driftless quality wear and hearing a lot about that because it is something that we're incredibly invested in and and super proud of those guys for for starting and and um, succeeding in at least up to this point. And uh, but yeah, it, it was it was it was cool to get an overarching view of just being a business owner, especially at a young age too.
0: The term I would use with Jake um, is satisfying. It was just very satisfying to connect with him. Um, I know we do the the live ad reads on some of our episodes, yet uh, that may feel as if we're promoting something that is foreign to us in some capacity. And then having Jake come on, I mean, it was a very real example of what we're trying to do in our partnership and and also just to educate and allow Jake to talk on their great progress, man. It feels like every time we do touch uh, or connect with uh, both Clayton or or Jake, they are moving mountains, they're moving around, they're always progressing with what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, I have just a mad amount of respect for both of the guys out there because they're action takers, adventure seekers, and we get into all that good stuff in the episode. So uh, for all of our uh, listeners here on State Street, tune in guys and let's get after it.
1: And we're very, very happy to welcome the second half of Driftless Quality Wear, our good friend, Jake Dale to the pod. Jake, why don't you give everyone a quick introduction? How you doing? Let's get this thing rolling.
3: Yeah, how are we doing, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Um, like Jeremy said, I am um, the second half of, of Driftless Quality Wear. I think that's kind of what we're you know going to be focusing on tonight here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess a little more background. Other than that, I played baseball with uh, with the co-hosts of the pod here um, at Upper Iowa, and that's kind of where I got to meet you guys. And um, I'm really excited to be catching up with you again. I haven't really had the chance to uh, catch up with you guys um, since college graduation, and I'm really excited to to catch up here and and kind of see where we're at.
1: Absolutely, we're we're more than thrilled to have you on. It's it's I, I feel kind of bad because we had Clayton on literally like within a month or two right after we started State Street and we always like we talked about getting both of you on at the same time and it just didn't end up working out so you know thank you for bearing with us for all this time because we're I mean we're super excited to bring you on so Jake you actually just off air just talked about briefly about just moving and and a new new opportunity well I don't know if it really is a new but uh Kind of like a good opportunity arose for you, and I think it would really tie into when we get into Driftless, because it, it is very, very conservation related. So why don't you tell us about kind of the move and what prompted the move?
3: Yeah, so I guess I guess the move kind of, I guess to kind of get the full picture, I got to start back with um, the beginning of COVID. Um, after graduation, I moved back in um, back in with my mom up in Cottage Grove, Minnesota, um, Twin Cities area. And um, just because the, the summer job that I had initially was planning um, to, to pursue just completely got canceled. Um, you know, I mean, you guys know how it was. COVID kind of canceled absolutely everything. Um, so I kind of went back up home um, up to up to the Twin Cities and finished out school. Uh, went through graduation, um, ended up getting a job at Costco, um, the, the local Costco, just because nobody else was hiring. Um, it was it was a complete mess trying to apply for jobs that were still open and not even um, knowing if they were still accepting apl- you know applications. Um, so that was just a huge mess and I ended up just getting a a job at Costco that I knew would you know bring in some extra cash um, and then I worked that for about a month and then from there I kind of i was able to land a a super like minimum wage conservation oriented job i'm just doing a lot of like basic manual labor natural resource type work going out to parks um invasive species control um you know chainsaw you know cutting down trees that sort of thing um and that was like a a super kind of like get your foot in the door type of position and i did that for the summer and then um, back in August, I was able to score a position with Pine County Soil and Water Conservation District um, up in Sandstone, Minnesota, and that was initially going to be a a six month term employment type thing. Get, you know, you get in for six months, you get your experience, and then you kind of move on. And uh, I was going to be a a forester, a seasonal forester, is kind of what they brought me on to do. And Throughout my six months, um, I ended up moving up to Moose Lake, Minnesota back in, um, back in September and throughout my six months, the, the head forester who, um, who is, who is my boss, actually, he ended up getting promoted to the district manager position, which is kind of a step up. And, um, with his promotion that opened up the district forester, the full time forester position, um, which I ended up um, having the opportunity to, to kind of step into um they ended up offering me that full-time thing um so I was up in Moose Lake and I was offered this position and I accepted the position not wanting to be up in Moose Lake um for that long of a period um because and we'll kind of get into it too but you know trying to contribute to Driftless Quality where isn't really it's not the easiest thing to do when you're an hour and a half north of the Twin Cities even and the Twin Cities is even kind of like the north the northernmost boundary of the driftless area, so I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to move farther south after the six-month term of employment, but I also wanted to stay on full time um, because there were really no other options employment-wise. I mean, even even now, there's not really a lot job job-wise out there. So I ended up taking the full-time position with Pine Soil and Water as their kind of head district forester, and then I ended up moving farther south. I actually just moved this past weekend. I moved down to North Branch, Minnesota which is it's still a little out of the drift list. it's about you know an hour north of of some of the really good trout fishing water over in wisconsin um which isn't terrible i can definitely make that drive but um it, you know it's it's kind of like a compromise in a sense of trying to balance like you know the the, the nine to five um professional um side of things and then also trying to balance the whole side hustle, driftless quality wear, trying to, you know, advance that and further that as much as possible. So that's kind of where I'm at right now.
2: So, Jake, really quick, remind us and, and also tell the listeners if maybe they don't know or, or if it's been a while since you've talked to them as well. Uh, remind us what your what your degree was in that you graduated with and then kind of give us a, a little bit of a spiel. If that because I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, that's sort of related to what you're doing now. Is that right? Yeah.
3: So I graduated. I graduated with a degree in conservation management um, and now my position, my, my title is District Forester. So it is pretty closely related. Um, Forestry is kind of this field. I don't really want to get into it too much because it's kind of like it's it's kind of boring and like, you know, it's it's super technical. But like forestry is this field where it's like really um, it's specific on like trees and like there's a lot of different um, avenues you can go with in forestry and conservation management isn't necessarily like the exact same thing. Um, I kind of got some exposure to it, but I definitely wasn't trained to be a forester. I mean, there's there's specific four-year degrees out there for, um, for forestry. So I think I was just kind of in the right place at the right time and getting this job offer, which is another reason why I really wanted to take it, because I think it'd be a really cool opportunity that I probably wouldn't have got otherwise if I wasn't already working as like a seasonal um, seasonal employee. So I think that answers that question.
2: Yeah. I so I'm just curious then off that and and you you sort of answered it but just to be direct um and to hear it come from your mouth so with your degree then did you I mean would you say at least in your best estimation were you more prepared for the position that you're in now were you less prepared were you right on track or right on pace where everybody else is kind of where did you fall on that spectrum
3: Yeah so so going going into it I thought I was going to be super underprepared because I mean, again, forestry can literally be, like, a its its own four-year degree. And I really hadn't taken a single forestry class throughout college. Um, you know, I, I had a couple units in, you know, a couple, I think, in an ecology class where we did a little forestry stuff. I had, you know, plant ID where I, you know, learned the different types of trees in northeast Iowa. Um, but I didn't really have any class that was, like, forestry specific. And a lot, a big part of forestry is, um, you know, like, Valuing timber, for example, you know how much money are is this set of trees worth? Can we log it? How much can we log? Um, how you know what can we do to make a profit on this? You know this land parcel, but all, while also still keeping it as healthy as possible and encouraging like regeneration of trees, for example. Um, but I was kind of lucky in my position that I currently have now. It's more focused on um, like my big responsibility is writing um, like land management plans for landowners and, um, the Minnesota DNR kind of has this program where if you get a woodland stewardship plan, that's what they call it. Um, if if you get one written, if a landowner gets one of these plans written by a, a a certified, a certified plan writer is kind of what they, they call it. You know, you kind of have to go through this whole process through the state where you can prove that, you know, what you're talking about. You can write management plans for these people. And if you get a management plan written by one of these certified plan writers, then you can qualify for different tax benefits. So that's kind of like the the incentive is like your property taxes will be cut by like a third or whatever. You know there's diff- there's a couple different programs. And so that's kind of my main responsibility and and kind of tying like with you know in with that is is writing. Writing a land management plan isn't necessarily about how much is this timber going to be worth. It's more about how can we manage your land um, in a way that benefits wildlife. You know, if you do want to log it, how can we log it where it's sustainable? Um, You know, if you have invasive species, okay, how can we control those invasive species? It's more it's definitely more focused on the ecosystem and it's not so focused on like maximizing your profit margin on your certain parcel. So I, I kind of got lucky to where I know I learned a lot in college about you know, just like ecosystems as a whole. I had, you know, I had classes on soils, I had classes on birds, I had, you know, plant ID classes, and I can, now I can kind of like tie that all together. And I didn't necessarily, again, have those classes on like, you know, appraising trees, but I don't necessarily need that either. Um, so it, so it kind of worked out. Um, kind of feeling like the specific needs that the district has, I I can definitely do that. And I was definitely intimidated going into it because I I really didn't think that I was going to be able to, just like having not taken any forestry classes and like kind of having that be its own field. But but it's definitely worked out and it's been really fun.
0: Hey, State Street Gang, we're going to steal you away real quick. Uh, Cole, I actually have a couple of promos to run by you.
2: What do you got, Nick? I'm excited to hear.
0: So the first one is our partners over at Driftless Quality Wear actually have a new website coming out and you can find them at DriftlessQualityWear.com. No way. Dude, that's awesome. So how does State Street factor into that? Yeah, great question. So for all the folks that haven't purchased anything on their website, go ahead. And prior to checking out, if you enter State Street, uh, you'll actually get a 10% discount off the entire cart.
2: Okay. What kind of things do they have? Do they have like outdoor wear since it's getting cold here?
0: Yeah, great question. And it really is getting cold. So they have crew necks, long sleeves. I actually got a long sleeve myself, beanies. Uh, they even go as far as camping mugs, which I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So tell me again how I get this and
0: where I need to go. Yeah. So go ahead and type in state street at checkout and receive 10% off your entire cart purchase. Cool, man. I can't wait. Let's get back to the show. Thanks guys.
2: It sounds like it's something that's like wildly unique to to go into, especially as a foot-in-the-door job. That's not necessarily and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Jake, but it, it may not be something that would necessarily be at the forefront of people's minds when they're just entering the workforce, nonetheless in a global pandemic and and looking for for somewhere just to get a start and and Obviously you, you you know I think you would maybe say you're even very lucky to find something that was even in that that realm of um outdoorsmanship because I I mean knowing you getting to spend a little time with you that's definitely uh definitely who you are. Nick, I know you had something for him man so I can turn it to you.
0: Yeah, I I appreciate that. I just wanted to add on and I feel like the only reason why I'm going to ask this is just due to the timeliness of the conversation. Um Jake, if you had to describe forestry to you know a 6 or 7 year old just to give the audience context. You kind of half answered it a little bit as you were describing some of the intricacies of it, but just do me a favor and kind of give us the full circle of what that even entails and and what we're talking about here.
3: Yeah, so um if I had to describe it best, I would kind of tie two main things in. Um, I guess the first one would definitely be like you know, you see know say you go out and you go hiking in a forest right a forester's main job i would say is making sure that that forest will be healthy long term will be sustainable that there will be um, regeneration of the desirable trees that you want um you know really kind of making sure that you know it'll be healthy into you know in into the foreseeable future right and then kind of um i guess you know Number one a, I guess you could say, is like um, is okay, so if if we can make it healthy, how else can we make money off of it? Because you know wood and lumber as a whole is super, super, super important in you know however many different industries out there. and you know we as people rely on lumber and you know, just timber uh, you know a, a lot. so it's you know that's something else that you really need to consider as a forester is okay. know we know that we need this resource so how can we harvest this resource how can we use it and make a profit on it while also keeping um the ecosystem healthy because we're going to need it you know still 100 years from now too so we can't just cut everything and completely decimate what we have so it's kind of combining those two different things is you know making and sustaining a healthy forest while also maximizing benefit that we as humans um can utilize from that resource.
0: Boy, that's just slightly different than what I do day to day. So thank you for sharing that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Jeremy.
1: Jeremy, you can go ahead and, and keep the ball moving. Yeah, it's definitely not a uh, crunching numbers into a database. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> um so let's transition and I'm gonna call this the the meat and potatoes of the conversation because I mean this is what we know jake dale and clayton leave for this is Driftless quality wear and we've alluded to it a couple times in this episode already and i mean jake take us back to that day or that night that you and clayton sat down or wherever you were and just decided let's go for this like what was the inspiration for Drifless quality wear or at the time Driftless area guide company
3: yeah um i think I think it kind of came about because me, I mean, Clay and I are pretty similar in a couple of different ways. Um, I think that we're both like pretty like business oriented in the sense, you know, Clay obviously majored in business. And I'm always I I'm I'm definitely intrigued by like, you know, creating something, you know, of your own type of deal instead of, you know, you know, the the opposite of that is, you know, being employed and working, you know, for someone. I'm definitely intrigued by the whole business owner type of type of deal you know the whole process that's within that um so that was kind of the first thing that helped you know kickstart that and then the other the other side of it too is that clay and i from the get-go really really were able to to bond over like our like shared passion of just like outdoor recreation just being outside um, we we went trout fishing all the time you know especially like freshman year sophomore year before we had the idea to start a business. We were always outside exploring the area. Um, and as we were doing that, we were also like falling in love with the area that we would later become um that would become known to us as the Driftless region because we were both kind of say we were both pretty unfamiliar with, you know, the what the Driftless area really was. We both kind of grew up close to it, but we were never really aware of of how unique it was and and you know all the opportunities that it had. So like we kind of we kind of fostered, you know, the I guess it was kind of like this thing that was like sort of building as you know, as we were kind of going throughout our college years. I, we, I remember when we had the actual idea, it was. Um, I think it was a weekend and we were at um, Robbie Woods, the baseball field at Upper Iowa, um, it was it was me, it was me, Clay and then um, Alex Morales and, and Mac Wolf, our other two roommates. I don't know why we were there. It must have been a weekend or something, just getting extra work in or playing catch or something. And I remember we were just, we were just kind of hanging out. I don't know. We were just kind of spewing ideas back and forth. Yeah. You know, I mean, you guys know what you do, you know, warm ups, getting stretched out. You kind of, the conversation can go any which way and you never really know where it's going to go. And um, I, I think, I forget if it was Claire or if it was myself, but we were kind of talking about like different ways to make money. And, um, one of us just kind of threw out the idea, like, Hey, what if we made a clothing brand inspired by the Driftless area? And, um, after, after that was said, we all just kind of like stopped. And like Clay and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, wait, that's not even a stupid idea. Like we could actually do that. And I think we can make something happen there. Um, and that's really like where it kind of blossomed. I, and I, I, I remember it pretty well because it was just such like a, like a, you know, like a, what do you call it? One of those moments that, you know, like a, like a light bulb, basically. Light bulb it moment? It kind of goes off. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It, that night we went back and we made a logo, we made a Instagram page and, you know, and here we are. Um, that's kind of where everything started.
1: It was originally Driftless Area Guide Company, correct? And so was... Mm-hmm. Was guide like being guides ever like the the main part of the business, or was it always in your guys' uh in your guys' mind like clothing first? And then the guides were kind of just something, something on the side.
3: Yeah, we always we always had the idea to have it be a clothing first type of thing. Um we wanted to incorporate guiding because there's not a whole lot of options um around Northeast Iowa. And we thought you know, we're going out fishing all the time, you know, together, we might as well bring other people along, especially, you know, maybe college students in the area that wanted to try it. Um, you know, we, we wanted to make our prices very reasonable compared to, um, the other guides that were around because I mean we were still learning the area, but we also knew it a lot better than a lot of other people did. So we, we just kind of saw the guiding portion of it as a way to get people outside that maybe wouldn't have been able to get outside otherwise. Um, but that was never really, you know, the main focus. We always kind of had it, you know, had an idea in the back of our minds that, you know, once we graduate college and if this thing is still going, then we'll probably have to ditch that aspect of it because it's, you know, that's a whole nother realm of stuff. And especially now it's, it's kind of, it be way too hard to try and manage that as well. So, um, so we knew we kind of had to ditch that and it, it was fun while it lasted, but, um, you know, we, since day one, we've always been more focused on the clothing.
2: So Jake, going back to to the first point and and kind of the the origin story, I guess if you want to call it that. So you guys go back to your dorm room that night, and you're making a logo, and you're coming up with all this stuff. Is it instantly like you're assigning roles to each other? You're laying out, okay, this is what I think we should sell. This is what would sell. This would be. This would look cool on certain things. Like I'm going to be creative. You be more business side. Was it a full collaborative effort from day one or afternoon one? You know, it sounds like, Uh, kind of take us into that. And maybe even if you could, or, or if there is an, a structured organizational chart, kind of lay that out for us. Like, what does that look like? And, and how, how was that initially that, that workload spread out between the both of you?
3: Yeah, um, so in the beginning, it was, it was definitely a, a very collaborative effort. Um, we went back that night, and yeah, we, you know, we got our logo together, we made flyers. Um, we, we hung flyers all across the campus at Upper Iowa of like this, this really basic logo. you know, hey, if you want a trip in the Driftless area, you know, give us a call type of thing. Um, and then I think from there, <clears throat> um, we ended up designing. Designing stickers. That was kind of the first step. Um, and that was something that we both kind of had a hand and we both really enjoy that process of of you know kind of creating that logo, um, you know, and, and kind of like, you know, putting our own finger, you know, our own fingerprints on, you know, this whole this whole process. So, you know, to this day, the designing is still pretty 50-50. and we both kind of like to get our own little creative flares in there. Um, clay being in you know, being an accounting major does handle the books. I, I'm not not that done. He does a really good job staying organized and that sort of thing. Um, you know, to this day, we, I think we still try to keep it as much as we can, 50 50. Um, because I think we, we both have a lot of good ideas that we can bounce back and forth off of each other. Um, you know, social media wise, we both have, um, you know different ideas kind of how you know how we can play into that you know how we can create a, a brand through you know instagram and facebook that people want to see um and then yeah again with the logos you know we we each have our own design styles too um where we you know we each try and kind of let ourselves be creative and, and kind of see what we both can come up with because again we we do kind of have a little little different style so I think it works best if we can try and keep it as 50 50 as possible. Again, he kind of takes care of more of the books. Um, but you know, to answer your question, it is still pretty even, um, just in terms of workload and delegation and that sort of stuff, even like with like the website design and and reaching out, to uh, you know, stores and stocking everything, we try to keep it 50
0: 50.
2: So Nick and Jeremy, I I want you to, I want you guys to, um, to, to, Check me and make sure I'm not jumping ahead too far. Um, although, Nick, it sounded like you had a question for him. So I'm going to let you go just because I
0: am, I'm kind of itching to jump forward. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> you and me both, Cole, I think we probably have a, a made up list in our head of additional five or seven questions just on your guys' journey. But um, Jake, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I asked this question uh, maybe not to sit on the glamorous side of things too much. I think it's easy to talk about the pros. Were there ever any times where you and, and Clayton kind of rubbed shoulders a little bit or, or kind of bumped heads? And uh, I only ask that because I think that too too often on social media, we proclaim maybe our best self when in reality there's there's some things that happen behind the scenes that, you know, make it more challenging than people think. And, I mean, I'll even fall on the sword for our game. We've had our fair share of, of get kind of serious meetings and, uh, you know, had to come at each other and held each other accountable multiple times, and obviously people don't see that. But that comes with the territory, and we've learned to adapt that well. So I'm just curious if, you know, I know you guys are both pretty chill dudes, but have you guys ever kind of bumped shoulders at all? Or if if you have, what does that look like, and how do you keep a, a good working partnership?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had moments where we haven't been completely in agreement on how to go about things, Um, whether it be, you know, how to approach our social media presence or, you know, whether it be um, a logo that one person wasn't as crazy about um, that, you know, the other one created or whatever, you know, and I think it's just, we haven't had anything that's, you know, super, super crazy, you know, shouting matches or anything like that. We haven't quite gotten to that point. Um, it's all pretty level-headed um and we just try and you know talk things out and take it personal because it's not or i guess don't take it personal rather because it's not like either of us you know want to push like bad ideas right you know if one of us makes an idea or has an idea it's not because we think it's gonna suck you know so it's just kind of like trying to see where the other person's coming from um and also realizing that we're you know we both kind of do this in part because it is a really awesome, creative outlet and we both want to have our own, um, you know, our own touches on it, you know? So it's not like we want to have one person that just completely dominates the whole thing and gets to put their, um, their spin on everything. You know, we, we definitely want to have, um, both of us incorporated and, and, you know, doing what we can to make it succeed. So I think it just kind of comes down to, um, you know, hearing what the other person's trying to say, you know, if they do have an idea that you don't agree with, you know, just trying to see it from their point of view, and and maybe just coming to an agreement or a compromise or something, because I mean, what we've kind of found too, is that, you know, we, we, ha- we at least have somewhat uh, of a decent feel regarding most things, you know, both of us kind of have a decent idea of what, you know, of how to go about things. So we've never—I don't think we've ever had something where one of us has said something that's completely off the rocker either, which has been nice. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of communication and just kind of trying to get, you know, get a perspective on where the other person's coming from. We haven't had anything too crazy.
0: It's uh, it's nice that you share that because I don't think everyone maybe is that level-headed or cool. And just for the listeners' context, I mean, context these guys, if you met them individually, I mean, just very mature, calm, fun-loving people. So it is to no surprise that, you know, you guys haven't had any complete yelling matches. And um, I'll share this a little bit, and then I'll turn it over to Cole to keep the conversation going. Um, I think... Declaring expectations and understanding what people are comfortable with, I think is very important. We, uh, maybe could focus on that a little bit more. I think everyone could probably focus on it a little bit more, but I think that's what really makes a healthy relationship, whether that's personal relationships or professional relationships. And, um, so I'm glad that you guys, or at least thank you for sharing that and being open, but Cole, go ahead. I I know we probably have a nice couple back and forth here yet to go. (laughs) So Jake, I'm,
2: we've we've really we've got a nice encompass encompassing or or a nice picture of like the the really early stages like the first kind of week maybe first month what what did that next window look like when did you guys realize okay we're getting this thing off the ground we're selling t-shirts and hats and stickers out of our dorm room and what was what was the process, or like the decisions that you guys had to make, or or what were some things that you guys had to do in order to make that work, and in order to take the next step to get Driftless Area Guide Company at that time off the ground, get it something that was a stable business that could feed itself and could support itself? while you guys were still full time students, full full uh, full time student athletes, I guess I should say rather, uh, and, and kind of up until. Really, the last year, how has that transition period for you guys gone? And and just kind of take us inside and give us a view through your eyes uh, of what that's kind of looked like through through the year of twenty twenty.
3: Yeah. So you know, after the first couple, a couple weeks or so, we you know we got established, we got incorporated through the state of Iowa, we got incorporated through the IRS and the federal government, and that's that's a whole process in and of itself um and then kind of from there we got we we got we got started um our first two products were stickers and then from there we were able to um to get four four different hats launched um two two initial designs that we kind of got going um our our main strategy to, to build things up um was was to attend like different vendor shows um town festivals that sort of thing so that winter we went to you know the upper iowa put on like a craft vendor show um type of thing and they had vendors from all across you know northeast iowa and whatnot and we went to that that was free to students we went to that we went to a couple other smaller ones at that point it was kind of funny we didn't realize it at the time but we literally had like 10 items and you know looking back on it it's like wow like i can't even imagine what the other vendors just thought of us like, our first one, we didn't even have a tablecloth or anything. We just showed up and threw our stuff right on the table. And we didn't think anything of it. But now looking back, it's like, wow, that that might have not been the most professional thing to do. But, you know, we sent it anyways. Um, and, you know, throughout, that was, that was the winter of 2018 going into 2019. And we kind of um, tried to, I think we hit like five or six vendor shows that winter. We cooled things down for baseball season um in the spring there we kind of obviously we can't be hitting up all these vendor shows when we're playing so we kind of took a somewhat of a break still doing stuff you know when we're home um online type of types of things no you know major vendor shows into the summer of 2019 we kind of did the same sort of thing a lot of vendor shows we hit it pretty hard um you know there were some that clay and i both went to we met up at there were some that He did on his own, I did on my own, um, types of deals, really trying to kind of build up that capital base, interact with people that we wouldn't, um, be interacting with on our website or, you know, in Northeast Iowa. Um, so that was our major focus, um, that summer, the summer of 2019. And then what really kind of, what really kind of set the tone for us moving forward was we struck up a deal with the city of Fayette and, um, We kind of went to them with an offer. They they own a building on Main Street that is set vacant for however many years, and we we went to them. We sent um, the mayor, Mayor Wenthe and Fay up there. We sent them an email. um, You know, hey, would you guys be interested in leasing out this space um, for you know two to three months as a pop up shop? Um, You know, you guys would have the opportunity to showcase the space to potential suitors and renters, and we would have a, a space. To, to showcase our products to the people of Fayette. And we really didn't expect much of it. And they ended up, you know, before we know it, we're, we're at the city council, you know, the Fayette city council meeting in Fayette on whatever, like that Tuesday night. And we're presenting on why we should have this space for three months. And they ended up giving it to us at a really reasonable price. Um, and, and it ended up being like a three month period, like September through November. And that was basically when it kind of, Clicked in our heads, it's like we kind of got something going here, um, and and that was really cool in and of itself. Um, we kind of we didn't have we didn't have a ton of products at that time, um, but we were able to make the space work. We had a lot of people come in um, from the area, whether it be you know you're just in town to see you know a UIU football game, or you're from the area and you want to check out what the heck is this new outdoor shop over in Fayette. So we had a lot of a lot of. Um, a lot of people that we definitely wouldn't have seen otherwise in that shop and it was really cool to to get that brick and mortar experience and I think that's definitely when we both were kind of like you know let's let's hit this hard let's continue going at this because you know we we potentially got something going here um and then I guess from there we ended that we ended that in um in November of 2019 and then from there um we kind of you know did the same thing with um you know, shows like over the winter and that sort of thing. And then 2020 comes around and we all know how that goes. So, um, so that's, I guess I'll kind of leave off there. Then if you guys have any other
0: questions. Oh, we certainly do have follow-up questions, but, um, Just from a third party's perspective, Jake, I think it's been so cool to watch you guys grow uh, considering you were just college kids and and we did go to school with you and and to where you are now. Um, You know, we don't see what happens every day, but we get to see the progressions. Uh, Two things. The first, I just, if you have anything on top of mind, I think it would be kind of fun to just hit this real quick. Do you have any appropriate fun stories that that you guys can recall on, on going any venture trips or anything for the sake of this conversation?
3: uh i i got one that that um that definitely comes to mind um we all it's uh so it was on our kayak trip um which was that was also the fall of 2019 uh, when we had our shop we closed up our shop for a week we had fall break that year and um we kind of just said you know we, we shut up the shop for you know a weekend or so and you know we kind of we were kind of vlogging our trip along the way type of thing. Um, Clay, Clay, um, really gets into that whole vlogging thing. So he, he likes to put those together on all of our adventures. Um, but, um, anyways, we were, we were kayaking. We started, the goal was to kayak the entirety of the Volga river. Um, so for those, you know, for those who don't know the Volga River is a hundred mile long river or so, um, starts in Maynard, Iowa, or I guess that's where we started. That's the, you know that's that's the farthest point upstream where we could even kayak basically which is kind of where we began our journey and then we ended in um we ended in the mississippi river which is about 100 miles the volga river ends up flowing into the turkey river which ends up flowing into mississippi so um you know we kind of i guess it you know it wasn't just on the volga but um from that trip it was very it was on day two Like 9 a.m. on day two. It's like a four, four four-day trip, three and a half day trip. And we're going through some rapids. And um I at this point I'm ahead of Clay and I get through the rapids and I turn around just to make sure that you know he's not falling in or whatever. And I kind of hear like a cracking noise in the back. And I look back and Clay, (laughs) Clayton's like showing me his his paddle, and he's missing one of the oars on his paddle. He completely like shattered um shattered like the left side of his paddle so he was only paddling like with one side um of his kayak paddle and i ended up seeing this like floating piece of plastic floating down the stream and so basically i scooped that up and um we ended up just posting up on a sandbar trying to figure out how we're going to fix his paddle and we ended up making a splint out of it and like we had some duct tape that we ended up taping around the paddle Um, we used some paracord eventually um it it was it was a mess and i remember clay saying that it was super super heavy on his left side but um the paddle stayed together for the rest of the trip somehow um it got him through and we made it you know the the 80 or so miles that we had to go um but i remember that was just that was a super funny moment looking back on it because that was like right outside of Fayette. And we had no idea if we were going to be able to even continue going on the trip because it would have been impossible to kayak. That was just one, one side of the paddle. So, um, that was that, you know, looking back on it, that was a funny one for sure.
0: Yeah. I remember when you guys were taking off with that trip, I was like, this doesn't surprise me that these two are doing this venture, but you can't ever go on a trip like that without having some kind of adversity to face. Right.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, it, de-
3: it definitely makes for a better story. Absolutely.
2: Hey State Street residents, this is Cole. We are so proud to continue our partnership with Shy Town Blankets, a nonprofit based in Chicago, Illinois. This movement, started by our good friend Dom Hillsheim, has grown to over thousands of blankets being delivered to those in need. If you want to get involved, go to ShyTownBlankets.com or find them on social media to learn how to donate and get involved. That's C-H-I-T-O-W-N-B-L-A-N-K-E-T-S. You can also listen to episodes from Dom or one of his executive board members, Jack Thode, and learn more about how the movement got started and what it truly means to them. Everyone deserves to be warm.
0: Uh, My other uh, question or kind of open dialogue here comes from a, a very different place. Generally speaking, college kids joke often about maybe starting a business or doing something like that, but rarely take action. And um, though you guys did and it was very well respected, I'm sure there was a little bit of maybe animosity or or questioning from your peers as to, okay, what's going on here? You're doing it, you know, and and having to to do a, a live a different lifestyle than what people had chosen the time. Um, were there any tough moments where you guys had thought about maybe quitting early or uh, you don't have to say anyone's name, obviously, but I just, I didn't know if, if there was any like early adversities or just living as a business owner and a college kid in comparison to just being a college kid.
3: Right. I mean, I know I, at least personally, I can speak for that. It's just, I had a lot of not necessarily wanting to quit, but more of like thinking about. You know what I was, you know, maybe missing out on, um, because, you know, my my junior senior year kind of looked a lot of like, you know, running the business, um, pretty pretty occupied with school school work. Um, those upper level science classes were pretty intensive, um, so you know, making sure that I was on top of that, um, and then you know, baseball too is nothing to, to sneeze at either. That takes up a lot of time and really trying to balance all of that. And then also still trying to maintain a social life, I definitely kind of felt like there, you know, there might have been points where it's like, yeah, you know, that that sounds really fun, um, you know, and and you, know, you just can't make it happen. And, you know, I guess that's just, you know, life's, you know, about its priorities and, and you know, it is what your choices are, I guess. But um, there were definitely points where, you know, I felt like I was maybe missing out a little bit, but also at the same time, I, I also wouldn't want to change that either. Um, Because I, you know, I knew what I wanted to pursue going forward. Um, Yeah, I I think that answers that.
2: Absolutely. Go ahead, Cole. Just to get some specifics, Jake, and and maybe a little clarity on the pop-up shop and get a, a nice visual in our heads did you guys both just run that yourselves? I mean, was that a nine to five for you? Did you end up having to hire people to help run the store? Did you get, you know, did you get guys on the, on the baseball team or people that went to school there volunteering and say, Hey, like I'll, you know, I'll come in and watch the store and, and help you guys run it. How did, how did the brick and mortar set up, you know, how did that kind of work out amongst having two business owners, uh, who, like you said, you know, you, you, already are, are tasked with with very very busy schedules
3: yeah so we definitely planned our hours around what we had going on um, i i think how we did it was it was like wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday maybe even just third you know maybe not even wednesday i kind of forget but it was um you know it was like a five day four day open schedule um some days we were only open from like 10 to 2 um just because that's all that we could do um we had practice in um first you know first quarter in upper iowa for those who don't know does quarters instead of semesters so you know classes change from eight weeks you know the first quarter of um the the first semester changes um i guess compared to your schedule in the second quarter so like that first quarter um you know you have practice at like three o'clock every day and so we're, we we could only really be open till about two, two thirty, 30, um, both of us, um, on, you know, on Thursday and Friday. So I think it was like 10 to two was what we kind of rolled with. And then on the weekends, it was more of a 10 to five, um, you know, 10 to six, nine to five sort of deal. I think fr- I think, I think Saturdays it was 10 to, you know, 10 to whatever, 10 to five, and then fr- you know, Sundays it was 10 to four. And, um, it was funny because at times we actually did, um, we did have a, a baseball player, a fellow baseball player. We, I guess we, we kind of had him on as like an intern sort of deal. And he, he initially said that he was going to like get college credit for interning with us. I don't think he actually ever got it, but that was kind of the plan. Um, but he ended up covering a couple of shifts where, you know, I couldn't be there. Clay couldn't be there. You know, we had him just kind of post up at the shop and answer any questions that came in. If, you know, maybe, maybe make a transaction if he, if he really got lucky. But um, I guess, yeah, we kind of had that, you know, who knows if, if he actually got the credit for it, but he was nice enough to to do that for us, which is really nice.
2: I I was going to say, if you guys have an intern, was there any form of compensation? Did you like pitch him a a guest meal or something at the, at the calf, or or you know, did you like you know you buy him a couple of beers out at the gas station? Uh, I mean, it, it's it is it it's kind of funny to to think about, it. and I'm sure for you guys it's funny to look back on and be like, holy cow, that you know, like what an operation running. I'm just curious, based on on the experience with the the brick and mortar model. Do you think down the road that would be something that you guys would maybe go back to? Or do you guys like the fact that you're, at this point, very e-commerce focused?
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to each for sure. Um, You know, obviously now as, as COVID's kind of hit, you know, I think it's really easy to say like e-commerce is the way to go. Um, But also, I mean i really don't think you can brush over like the relationships that you make in person in a brick and mortar shop um because we met so many different people that we would have no idea you know who they even were otherwise and that's you know that was so so valuable i mean we still have people that i remember talking to in the shop that still like every single one of our social media posts you know and it's like you don't get that if we're you know e-commerce only um so I, I definitely think there's pros and cons. I would absolutely be open to a brick and mortar in the future. If we can ever get there, I think that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely pros and cons to both. And I, I like both aspects of it. And I think it's, ideally, we can incorporate both of those aspects into the business going forward.
0: Sure.
2: So Jake, we're, we're at about 45 minutes of your time. And so I'm just curious. And, and- Obviously, I think I think we're gonna talk very shortly here about kind of the the state of Driftless as we sit here today in the future of it, which is gonna be super exciting. But I'm just curious. Up to this point, top of mind, what has been the biggest challenge for you guys that you have overcome?
3: Um, that's that's a good question. I think I think the biggest challenge was was adjusting to all the rapid change that happened um, back like right when covid hit um just because we were planning on um you know us parting ways in may and we ended up doing so in march and we didn't really have um necessarily like the best game plan with how to navigate covid um you know throughout that whole process i mean nobody really did um so i guess navigating that whole thing um going a whole summer without being able to go to a vendor show because that's a big Backbone of our business is getting out there and meeting people. Um, So, you know, trying to trying to figure out how we're going to manage through that whole process of not being able to. To, you know, actually see people in person and just kind of adapting to what we got to do going forward was probably the biggest challenge that we've had so far.
2: Gotcha. so the the only other question I have for you, and then I'm going to turn you back to Jeremy just because he's the, the one kind of quarterbacking and Jeremy, I'm going to steal this question from you. You had it scripted Go out. It. So I apologize in advance. But Jake, before we get to the state of Driftless today and the future of it, the last, that last thing I have, what does, what did Driftless mean to you when you guys started it initially and then has that changed over the course of time to now? And if, if it has changed, what does it mean to you now?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good question, too. Um, I don't really think it's changed a whole lot, to be honest. Um, you know, we, when we started it, when Clay and I both started it back in 2018, I mean, we did it because we absolutely loved the area. Um, we thought the area was um, you know, extremely underrated, and there wasn't a lot of awareness about it. And, um, especially now in this day and age with, with a lot of environmental stressors, you know, all aspects of life. And, you know, I guess in really in all areas of the country, there's a lot of, um, you know, people are, I guess, areas are constantly losing habitat, um, public areas are decreasing, you know, in some areas. So it's we, you know, we started it because we absolutely love the area. We wanted to increase awareness about it. Um, and we want it to stay protected, you know, into the distant future and, and we're using clothes, you know, as a way to potentially, you know, make an impact and raise that awareness. And I don't think that that has really changed. Um, we're still extremely passionate about getting out in the area and spending as much time as we can out there. Um, you know, I think, a good chunk of our free time is, is absolutely spent trout fishing a stream, you know, And ideally that is in the driftless. So, um, I don't think that aspect has changed of it. You know, it's, it's just something that we're extremely passionate about and that we're gonna, you know, that we're going to keep moving with, you know, going forward.
2: Very good. Jeremy, I, uh, I defer to you.
1: Yeah, I, that was beautifully, beautifully asked. I couldn't have asked it better myself. In fact, I actually was going to try to ask it right before we got to the future of driftless so jake why don't you tell us about kind of the initiatives and things you are doing currently with driftless quality wear and then kind of the things like looking maybe like a year into the future five years in the future 10 years in the future if you've looked out that far what do you anticipate driftless doing later on in in the life of driftless quality wear
3: yeah um so right now um you know we're we're uh, we're working on our summer line, and that's hopefully going to drop soon. Here, we're really excited about it, and we got a lot of of new stuff that's going to be coming out that we're again hoping that's that's going to do well and again raise awareness about the area. Um, initiative-wise, uh, I know you guys have sponsored it in the past, but um, just to, to do a little plug about it, um, you know, we last last year when COVID started, we did launch what we like to call our Corona Cleanup, which is um, it's where we have pledged to clean up um, one pound of trash for every item that we sell. And this trash could be coming from you know, your state parks, your state trails, your natural areas, wildlife management areas, um, really any public land or park or wherever, your rivers, your streams. Um, you know, for every item that we sell, we'll pick up a pound of trash. Really trying to do what we can to, uh, again, protect the area and, and, you know, and, and do what we can to make it last um, into the future. Um, so that's you know, that's something that we're really excited about. And um, we're really excited to get out there this spring and pick up some trash.
1: Absolutely. So are you guys gonna like it's like a little side question before we go on, is that like kind of like an ongoing thing, or do you have like a, a certain amount of trash that you, like that people have like bought in clothing in it and now you gotta go pick up like uh like a hundred or five hundred pounds of trash from a from an area park?
3: Yeah, it's it's definitely an ongoing thing where um you know, we, we picked up a good amount last fall and last and last summer. And then, um, obviously you can't really do much throughout the course of the winter. Um, but now that, you know, the snow is is getting to that point where it's melting and I know we just had some here tonight. So, it, you know, it's, we've we got a little bit of snow cover, but as soon as that starts to melt again, we'll be out and we'll be kind of um, making up for what we couldn't do in the winter. Uh, and that's kind of the process that we kind of, um, have, I guess, going about that
1: good deal so before we wrap up driftless what is where do you think it's gonna go like where do where are your ideas you're in clayton's ideas with driftless for like down the road like do you have something like you want to move closer together do you want to like do this full time is there like really like something really big like really big goal wise i should say with driftless quality wear yeah i mean
3: there's there's definitely a couple things um you know, one we really want to expand the amount of stores that we're into, just to kind of get our products in as front of and get our products in front of as many different people as possible. Um, ideally, yeah, I mean, we would move closer together, and we would have you know maybe a brick and mortar or something like that. You know, like a kind of like a central headquarters type thing, um, where you know we can we can actually be close to each other and run ideas off of each other, and we don't have to schedule calls on you know on like a Sunday night to go over where we're at ideally we could you know be close to each other all the time right um and I guess kind of going back to like the whole full time thing that you pointed out I mean yeah that's definitely a goal um I think that's kind of where we both kind of hopefully see it going um because we you know we don't want to necessarily as much as we love doing it we don't want to Come home from our nine to fives, and then put in you know three, four more hours at night for the rest of our lives, right? So that's definitely a goal that we have in mind, and that's hopefully something that you know we'll be able to attain, you know, whether it be one or two years, three years into the future. Um, that's definitely something that we want to shoot for.
1: Absolutely, and we'll uh we'll be your proud partners along the way. I know we've had uh had a lot of fun shouting out Driftless Quality Wear in the past. I mean, we all rep it. I still have my, I think. The first ever sticker you guys launched, I had that on my original Xbox that I had. And then I, I distinctly remember it as I, you guys launched like a deer sticker, like a deer head. Do you remember that sticker? Yeah, I still oh, yeah. have that sticker. It's it's on one of my phone cases. So like still in pristine condition. And, and once you guys make it big, you know, I, you may see that on eBay for a couple hundred dollars. Original Original driftless quality wear sticker. But... Jake, you know, before we send you send you to Cole for his four questions, you know, what in the immediate future do you see yourself doing? Because you know you said you you went from a, a seasonal forestry job to now, you're you're in a full-time forestry job. Do you see more like do you see yourself progressing along that career? Is that something like you're super excited for, kind of like stuff like that? like, what is the what is the future of Jake Dale look like right now?
3: Yeah, I mean I guess short term it's it's it, it it's kind of hanging tight at um at the forestry position um uh, moving forward. And then from there, um, you know, kind of going at like the part-time thing with the driftless. Um just trying to make it as good as we can uh, on the weekends, really grinding hard, going to vendor shows, meeting up with stores, um, you know, potentially shooting models, that sort of thing um for social media. So really just just kind of putting you know clay and i both putting our heads down and just kind of getting to work and um and then yeah you know i guess still still maintaining that nine to five while we can because obviously a stable income is not a bad thing by any means (laughs) um you know so um that's kind of the plan for the short term and then if we can ever get to that point where we can make that leap we're absolutely ready to do that
2: Jake, have you, kind of to ask maybe the same question just a different way and in in hopes that I dig up uh, maybe a little different answer, have you been able to find uh, a consistent workflow as far as, or a, a consistent balance between putting in time with driftless and and you know Nick and I were talking just the other day about working in the business or working on the business. has there been a consistent flow or or is it kind of fluid day to day with the amount of work that you have to put in, the amount of time you have to put in the different stuff you have to do? what does that kind of look like just to wrap up?
3: yeah, it's um it, you know it's consistent, but it's not at the same time because I, I try to budget, you know, my time in the evening, you know, a specific amount of time for, for driftless stuff. And then, you know, if, if there's more, or if there's less, that's going to happen from time to time. Right. And, you know, some nights, you know, there's not going to be much to work on and other nights, there's going to be a ton of stuff to get done. So it's, um, you know, you kind of budget, you know, certain evenings for, you know, the purpose of, of working on driftless and, you know, doing what you can for it. But then, you know, I guess other times, there's not much to do or there's too much to do. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it is consistent, but also it's not type of deal.
2: Sure. Uh, guys, that's everything I had for, for Jake. It looks like Nick's got one more and then Jeremy, uh, you're more than welcome to to lead us into my segment.
0: Yeah. Before I ask mine, uh, I'm going to turn it to Jeremy real quick. Do you feel as if we've covered um, what you had desired to Jeremy or where are we at on, on your script here? We, we are standing very good, Nick. Okay. Awesome. No, I appreciate that. Jake, it's always fun to get to, uh, I, I just called you Jake. I don't know why I did that. I think that's my professionalism. Usually I call you Dale and Uh, I need to maybe just revert to you as, as Dale from here on in the rest of the episode, but uh, Cole's four questions are always super entertaining. Um, If you wouldn't mind, I have two more for you, and this is more so for you sharing things for other people who may or may not have a similar idea in their mind of creating a business or taking a risk uh, at their next job promotion or what have you if you had to give advice to you and and Clay's younger version of yourselves, just starting out, or maybe if you're giving the advice to a close friend that wants to start a business, what would you maybe share to them um, as they begin their journey?
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, the big thing I would say to anyone that's looking to start a business or something similar is just, just go for it. You know Um, I know there's points where, you know you you can definitely get anxious over certain things or you know you look at the, the amount of paperwork that you gotta do to get started or you know you look at the startup costs and and it's it's easy to turn away sometimes. Um but I guess obviously within reason um you know don't always go for something if it's not you know a calculated risk but um really really pull in all your options and if you and if you know that it's something that you want to do um don't don't let yourself get in the way and just kind of go for it and see where it goes.
2: So Jake, outside of, of any stickers that, that you that you guys at Driftless Quality Wear have, uh, or maybe any stickers you guys will come up with, what is the white whale of stickers that that you're just dying to put on your water bottle or, or laptop or, or anywhere, anywhere else that you, uh, you put your stickers. What's the one that you're like, I gotta have it someday.
3: Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess outside of our stickers, I will admit that I am pretty, um, pretty focused on our stickers nowadays when it comes to, you know, outfit the water bottle, I do put, you know, I do tend to focus on a lot of our stuff, but, um, outside of that, I had, I actually had this really cool sticker. Um, it was on my old computer and I have since gotten rid of that computer and it's from, um, it's an outdoor brand called, um, Cotopaxi. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, it's it's a decent size one, it's not too big, but it also has some um some traction. And they they sent it to me for free, and all it was it was just like this white sticker. It was like a llama. It was just like the like the head of a llama, and that's all it was. And um it just really it was a conversation starter, you know, in the library. People are like, what the heck? Like, why do you got a llama on your computer? Like there was no there was no branding or anything, it was just the logo. Their logo was the llama. So it was just that, just, you know, you know, all white, whatever, not much to it. And, you know, I would like to get that one back. That was a good one. I will say, um, for not trying to, you know, incorporate many other brand stickers, that's a good one. And I would like to have it again.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Jake, what's the most efficient thing you own? Mm, Most efficient thing I own
3: um geez that's a good question um actually so um um so okay so i just moved into my new place and this is going to be kind of a lame answer but at my old place i didn't have a dishwasher and now moving to the new place um i do and I really hate doing the dishes. I, 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 um, that that's like my one chore that I just can't like. It just takes a lot of of motivation to get me to actually want to do the dishes, and and doing well at that too, because that's a whole nother um, another thing. So, I think a dishwasher is a big deal, and I'm really glad that I, I. That
2: uh that is like that ultimate welcome to adulting moment. You have now entered adulthood, where it's I like. Know. We now get jacked up about a dishwasher. It's awesome. It makes our life so much easier. It saves us so many hours of, of cleaning bowls and plates and gl- glasses and cupware and all that good stuff. Uh, last question, Dale. If you had a nutrition label, what would be on that nutrition label as far as like ingredients or uh, supplemental facts? And what would the percentages be of maybe just like for three to four of those.
3: Um, sure. I mean, it's, it's hard because I, if I'm using this nutrition label, is that like, like the only thing that I've eaten or is it less like what I prefer type of thing? I'm going to ask a clarifying question.
2: So it is a nutrition label that fully encompasses you. So it could literally be like adrenaline junkie, 100% or. Okay businessman 50% or like literally whatever trait you want to come up with okay. to put on a nutrition label that encompasses Jake Dale.
3: Okay, I see I see what I see what you're saying now. Okay. Um Okay, I guess all encompassing. I mean, I guess you know, my 9 to 5, I spend my day as a forester. So, I guess 33% forester. Maybe maybe a little less. Maybe like 25% forester cuz I don't work on the weekend. Um and then I will also go 25%. Yeah, no, definitely more. Um uh, probably like 40% driftless quality where co-owner because I think that's like that's like a pretty big priority that I have going on right now. That's like a big focus for me. Um where am I at? Is that that's 65? Um maybe like You're
0: doing the math. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I gotta make it accurate. I guess probably like, like 5% washed up college athlete. Um, because I, (laughs) I do, I do have my moments where I still try to like, you know, obviously stay in shape and stuff, but it's definitely not where I used to be. I'm still trying to like get back on the horse and it's definitely a grind. Um, so like 5% washed up college athlete. Um, 70 okay 30 percent left um probably like 15 percent, like outdoorsman type of thing um because that is a big part of you know recreationally i really enjoy getting outside and um you know just spending as much time as i can um you know whether it be hiking fishing you know just exploring in general i you know that's a big part of what i like to do and then, i don't know i guess like probably like family man, I suppose. Um, you know, that's another big part of my life. Um, whether it be like, you know, my mom or all my, you know, all my friends or my girlfriend or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that's another big part that I, you know, I try to incorporate. So I think that equals a hundred. Um, so
2: I think I'm good. And that is a, that's a full serving size of Jake Dale for one day right there. That's all it is on the nutrition label. Um, Hey man, that was awesome. That was so much fun. This whole conversation is super cool to to hear. Obviously we had Clayton on and we heard his side, we heard his perspective, and then hearing yours, you know, a little farther down the road, it becomes all encompassing and and it's cool to see like a vision into the future of what you guys are building and where you've come from, what you've done to build it over a course of time and and the the rocket ship that is driftless quality wear is is a fun one to to be a a small part of, you know, getting to talk about it on this podcast for, for a minute or so, every time we put it out is, is a, a true joy and having you on is, is, is quite an honor, man. So thank you. Yeah, man.
3: I mean, it's, it's been a blast. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I'm super proud to officially be a state street resident. Um, you know, going forward, that's absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, and I absolutely love, you know, I know Clay and I both absolutely love partnering with you guys as well. I mean, it's awesome whenever we tune in to hear that little advertisement and it's even better when, you know, we can see orders where, you know, in the in the order notes it says, you know, use the state street coupon, you know, type of deal. So it's, you know, it's it's been a pleasure partnering with you guys. And I, you know, for mine as well, I'm really excited to see where you guys go with the podcast going forward as well. Wow.
2: We, uh, yeah, we definitely appreciate that. That's those are very, very kind words, Jeremy. Why don't you uh, please say your piece, uh, plug our social media, if you wouldn't mind. Allow Jake Dale to once again plug Driftless Quality Wear and send it over to Nick to wrap us up for the evening.
1: Yeah, like I said, as we started this interview, it's it's awesome that we could finally get the the other half of Driftless Quality Wear because you know we felt terrible that we couldn't make it work with both of you when we. When we got Clayton on. So, you know, hearing your side, like Cole said, was completely, you know, it was awesome. And it was good to hear, you know, bring it all encompassing, bring that full circle already and, and close that loop off. So, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, hit us up on Twitter. It is at State Street Pod. Instagram is State Street Pod and Facebook is State Street Podcast. And, Jake, why don't you go ahead and plug Driftless Quality Wear? Sure. Yeah.
3: Um dripless quality wear. Facebook and Instagram are uh dripless wear Um Twitter is driftless qw. Um we are also on TikTok now, not as active, but that is also dripless QW. Um so that's that's it. That, I think that's all of them.
1: Well, hey, man,
0: not to not to be too redundant um, for these guys. They've done a nice job of addressing why we're so grateful to have you come on. Uh, just from a man to a man, uh, dude, it's great to catch up with you and hear all the great things that are going on with Driftless. And uh, to our uh, very loyal State Street residents, we're going to throw you guys a couple of of sliders and curveballs the next couple of weeks just as far as guests and content goes on the reading side of things but uh we really really hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time guys